Hey, everybody, you're listening to A New Beginning, which is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners. If this program has impacted you, I'd love to hear from you. So just send an email to me at greg at harvest.org. Again, it's greg at harvest.org. You can learn more about becoming a Harvest Partner by going to harvest.org. Babylon represents an evil empire governed by the Antichrist. But Pastor Greg Laurie points out many will embrace that worldview during the last days. Babylon looks good on the outside, but it's evil on the inside. So in the same way, when the Antichrist comes on the scene with his Babylonian-type religion, it's going to look good at first. He'll be saying, hey, peace and love, it's all good. Let's work together. And then he will show his true colors. This is the day when the lost are found. People like spicy food. Well, consider the Carolina Reaper. It looks innocent enough, but some say it's the world's hottest pepper, 200 times hotter than a jalapeno. Well, to say it has an excellent fruity flavor before it melts your face off. Well, in the spiritual realm, things often look innocent enough, but today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie warns us looks can be deceiving, and our enemy specializes in deception. Today we study Revelation. pick up where we last left off with the beast in our story. The Bible tells us that a powerful religious deception will sweep the earth in the last days and it's described as Babylon. Babylon is pictured as a prostitute riding a beast and she's dressed in red. So we'll call her the scarlet harlot and it's also revealed as a mystery. We all love a good mystery, right? This is Mystery Babylon. Let's read Revelation 17, verse three. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which is full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and 10 horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of fornication. And on her forehead a name was written Mystery Babylon the Great the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman, verse six of chapter 17, drunk with the blood of saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. And the angel said to me, why did you marvel? I'll tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and 10 horns. We'll stop there. So you read a text like this and your reaction is probably, uh, what? <laughs> what does this all mean? But it's not as complex as you may think. Remember, the purpose of revelation is to unveil truth to us. Revelation means unveil. So it is not God's desire to conceal, but to reveal. This is a mystery to someone who doesn't understand the Bible, but to us as believers, we understand it. Babylon is a picture of man's kingdom without God. Contextually, looking at 
the book of Revelation, Babylon refers to an entire worldwide political, economic, and religious kingdom under the control of Antichrist. But Babylon can be personal as well. It's basically a life that is consumed with pride, sensuality, idolatry. Effectively, anything that takes the place of God. Now, of course, there was a mighty kingdom of Babylon as well, ruled by Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, it was a massive, mighty world power, uh, which was ultimately defeated by the Medo-Persian Empire. And that was when the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar was ruling. His name was Belshazzar. So it was the end of Babylon's babbling. Let's come back to this woman riding the beast, this scarlet harlot, if you will. Verse three, I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. Scarlet's just another word for red. This is sort of like the rodeo from hell. Red symbolizes evil in this context. It's not evil if you're wearing red, but in this context it symbolizes evil because remember, Satan is presented to us as a red dragon in Revelation chapter 13. So all of this madness that we're looking at, this religious system of Babylon is energized by the devil and it's all coming together. And uh, you know today, people like to sort of make it up as they go. Listen, if someone ever says to you, all religions essentially teach the same thing, you can be assured that person knows nothing about the religions of the world. Nothing can be more untrue than to say all religions teach the same thing. They don't all teach the same thing. It was Gandhi who said, quote, I consider myself a Hindu, a Christian, a Muslim, a Jew, a Buddhist, and Confucian. Maybe he should have said instead of a Confucian, a confusion. Because <laughs> you, you can't just say I'm all these things. I read an interview where uh, former Beatle Paul McCartney talked about his views on God. And here's what Paul said, and I quote, I believe in his spirit. That's the best I can put it. I think there's something greater than us, and I love it. And I'm grateful to it. And just like everyone else on the planet, I can't pin it down. He continues to say, I'm happy to not pin it down. So Paul says, I, I pick bits of all the religions I like some of the things that Buddha say. I like some of the things that Jesus said. I like some of the things that Muhammad said. And then Sir Paul McCartney concludes, so be cool and you'll be all right. That's rock and roll religion. Uh, Paul, you've written a lot of awesome songs with the Beatles, some in your solo years, but uh, maybe you should just let this be, okay? <laughs> because... This is not how it works. You can't just pick and choose whatever you want and call it rock and roll religion. God has dropped one lifeline from heaven for us and it's Jesus Christ. Jesus made unique claims. He didn't say, I'm one of many ways to God. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no man comes to the Father but by me, but this is the false Babylonian religious system. Yeah, we're just pulling bits from every religion, and it's all cool, man. It's rock and roll religion. Now, yeah, well, what it is is a tangled mess. And one thing I would point out, we call this ABC religion. It'll be anything but Christ. 
In other words, if you want to believe anything, that's cool. But the moment you bring Christ up, that bothers a lot of people. This is the kind of religious system that will be happening in the last days. Bringing me to this simple statement by G.K. Chesterton. And I want to quote, People think that when they do not believe in God, they believe in nothing. But the fact is, they will believe in anything. End quote. And that's very true. Here's another point. Babylon looks good on the outside, but it's dead on the inside. Babylon looks good on the outside, but it's dead on the inside. Look at Revelation 17.4. She has in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. So a golden cup would refer to luxury, right? Abominations refer to things that are offensive to God. This reminds me of a story of a cruise ship that was adrift off the coast of Mexico in 2013. You may remember this story. Apparently what happened is a fire broke out in the engine room and they lost power. So they were in total darkness and uh, the toilets were overflowing and there was no food in the galleys. And that's what is being offered here. It looks good on the outside, but it's evil on the inside. So in the same way, when the Antichrist comes on the scene with his Babylonian-type religion, it's going to look good at first. He'll be saying, hey, peace and love. It's all good. Let's work together. He'll say things like, I'm a uniter, not a divider. And everyone will put their arms around each other. And they'll sing, we are the world. I don't know what they'll sing, but I'm just saying this. It's going to be a ruse, a deception. And then he will show his true colors. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. It's encouraging to hear when these studies have truly impacted lives, even through some dark times. Hi, Greg. I wanted to reach out and let you know how much my husband and I enjoy listening to you and watching your sermons on Sunday from our home. We lost our son just six months ago and we're struggling each day. God has been giving us strength to continue, and listening to you has really helped. Your recent sermon, The Afterlife, was so amazing. That was my birthday, the first one without our son. And what you were talking about really made my heart very happy. I love hearing about heaven and where my son and I will spend eternity together. I'm very sorry for the loss of your son. No parent should have to bury their child. It's heart-wrenching. But you are an inspiration, and I'm so thankful for you. If you have a story of how the Lord has touched your life through this ministry, why not call and share it with us? Here's the number, 1-866-871-1144. It's a special number for this purpose, 1-866-871-1144. Well, we're in Revelation 17 today as Pastor Greg is showing us John's vision of the scarlet woman and the beast and how to make sense of the symbolism. Let's continue. So this scarlet harlot, if you will, riding this beast has a golden cup full of abominations. Babylon looks good on the outside, but it's evil on the inside. Verse four says she's dressed in scarlet and purple and covered in jewels. That speaks of luxury again. Purple was a color usually worn by royalty back in that day. 
uh, as was scarlet and covered in jewels. That speaks for itself. If you see someone covered in jewels, head to toe, obviously that's an affluent person. And this is how sin is. It looks good on the outside, but then you take a bite of it and it is like poison in your system. The Bible tells us that when Adam and Eve saw that forbidden fruit hanging on the tree in the midst of the garden, uh, that it was pleasant to the eyes. It looked good. Things look good on the outside. Why is it that stolen food is always more appealing than your own food? You know, when I go to a restaurant with people and we're all looking at the menus, I'll ask everyone, what are you ordering? What are you ordering? I'll wait till everyone orders and I'll change my mind three or four times and then the orders will arrive and I'll look at their burger or someone else's lasagna or their piece of fish or whatever it is and I'll look at whatever it is I ordered and their meal looks better than my meal. And, uh, and then there's the sharing thing. You know, girls love to share. They'll say, I'll tell you what, you order this and I'll order that and we'll share. Guys don't really like to share at all. Just ladies, you need to know something about men. We don't like to share our food. I think I speak for most men here. Now some of you are watching saying, well, Greg, you're wrong. My husband shares his food with me all the time. That may be true. I didn't say he won't share his food with you. I said he doesn't like to. Okay, that, that's the point. He doesn't like to. We're sort of like the dog with a food dish. It's, this is our meal. You come near it. We're going to growl at you. And my wife will say, can I have a bite of what you're having? And okay. And so I have to stop. And now here comes her fork. And she takes a bite of something and dips it in this sauce and dips it in that sauce. And I'm waiting. I can't get to my meal. There's interference with this invading fork. And it seems to take forever. And then she goes back. Okay, I can finish my meal. It's good. And then I have one last bite. I'm looking forward to that one last bite. And just as I'm about to take it, Kathy will say, can I have that last bite? <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead. The Bible says, love your wife as Christ loves the church. And she'll take that last bite. I don't like any of that. <laughs> Guys don't like to share their food. Well, there's exceptions to that. So I was with a couple of guys at a restaurant a while ago. And one was eating a sandwich. The guy sitting on the other side of the table next to me said, can I have a bite of your sandwich? I was like, whoa, okay, that's not a normal guy thing. Someone asked for a bite of my sandwich. I'm gonna get out a fork and knife, cut him off a little piece, put it on a plate, here you go. This guy actually said, can I have a bite of your sandwich? And this guy holds up the sandwich and this other guy who asked for the bite takes a bite where the other guy had already taken a bite. This traumatized me. I, I didn't know how to react to this. It was shocking. I'm still traumatized right now. <laughs> this is not normal for men. We don't like to share. But there's something about stolen food. You know, when my wife is preparing a meal, she'll have the little carrots. And then little tomatoes chopped up. And oh, here's little peppers over here. And I'll go and start taking these. Don't take those. Those are the exact portions. I know, but stolen food is good, right? Well, here's the thing. Is these things look good on the outside with Babylon, but they're really bad. Poisonous on the inside. So we don't want to eat of those things. Listen to this. Babylon will not only be a mentality... It will not only be a religious system, it will be an actual entity. In effect, it will be a super city 
that is going to be judged. Go over to Revelation 18, verse one. After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen. It's fallen. It's become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hated bird. In general, I like birds. But there's some birds I hate. And I'm gonna call them out right now. Number one, seagulls. I hate all of you. If you're watching, I'm sorry. I'm not told in the Bible I have to love you. I hate you. And I'll tell you why I hate you, seagulls. It's because you steal things all the time. You know, if you have your food on the beach and you go into the water, you come back, the seagull's flying off with your sandwich. And, and then, of course, they're doing their thing on your car. And, uh, in fact, I have a story for that. Uh, years ago, many years ago, we took our son Christopher, who was just a little guy then, to SeaWorld. And um, so when you go into the park, there's an opportunity to feed the dolphins. You can buy fish. I think, wait, didn't I just pay admission? No, I have to pay for fish to feed your creatures? Yes, that's the way it works. So we buy these fish, and I give them to Christopher, and there's this place where the dolphins are, and he's feeding the dolphins. And, and out of nowhere, Seagull comes, grabs the fish right out of his hand. Christopher's like... Dad, I hate seagulls. I know, they're the worst, aren't they? And then we go to lunch in this restaurant. And he ordered a big thing of chicken. So he's eating this chicken and out of nowhere a seagull comes and flies off with his chicken. Literally grabbed it off his plate. I thought, wait a second, isn't that cannibalism? Is that even right in the bird kingdom? I mean, I know seagulls are messed up, but even they crossed the line there. Flying off with a chicken. Christopher is shaking his fist. I hate the seagulls. Then we're walking out of the park. I'm not making this up. And all of a sudden, a seagull got a direct hit on my son, boom, a big seagull poop, right? And that pretty much finished it off. So that, that's a hated bird, right? But understand contextually in the Bible, uh, birds sometimes are symbols of evil. Jesus told a parable about a bush that turned into a tree that was filled with birds. This was not a positive thing. Bushes don't turn into trees. So this was something that was supposed to be smaller that became bigger and it was filled with birds. But then in the parable of the sower, Jesus talked about the seed that was sown on the roadside, remember? And the birds come quickly, probably seagulls, and eat it. And he says, these are they that hear the word of God and Satan comes immediately and snatches it away. So in the parables, Birds are symbols of evil. So putting this all together, we have an evil situation of these unclean birds. You know, in the church, we have real believers and we have pretend believers. Let me put it this way. If you want to be a Harley rider, you need a Harley. You need a motorcycle. And you can wear a motorcycle jacket. And you can have your wallet with a chain on it, right? Connected to a belt loop. So you look like a biker in big old black boots and, uh, and be dressed head to toe in black. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you may look like you're a biker. But if you don't have a bike, you're not a biker, right? Uh, 
Or you can be like a surfer. You've got surf racks on the top of your car and surf stickers all over your car and you talk about surfing and you wear surf apparel and you use surf terminology. But if you don't have a surfboard, then you're not a surfer. You're actually a poser, right? And to be a Christian, you need to follow Christ. No, not just have a Bible. You can even go to church and not necessarily be a Christian. To be a Christian, you must follow Christ. Good words on being a genuine believer. Pastor Greg Laurie with today's message on A New Beginning titled Beauty and the Beast. And there's more to come from this study. You know, Pastor Greg, the world is in such a mess. There's turmoil everywhere you look. Mm -hmm. And believers know what's coming. You know, we know God's plan for the end times. Yes. How does your new Revelation commentary help us prepare? Great question. Let me respond with the words of Jesus in John 14. He said, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. You know, it's interesting, this phrase, troubled, let not your heart be troubled, means agitated or filled with fear. And there are things happening in our world right now that can be scary, and it can cause your heart to be filled with fear, and it can cause you to feel as like everything is out of control. But if there's one thing that Revelation clearly shows, it's that God is in control. God has a plan, and things are going according to plan, His plan. And so it's all laid out for us, because, you know, The Bible is the one book that dares to predict the future, not once, not twice, but hundreds of times with 100% accuracy. So the Lord knows what's coming. But the great thing is, as you even start the book of Revelation, you have the words of Jesus to the seven churches. So before we get into all that prophetic stuff, if you will, like the tribulation period, the 144,000, the Antichrist, the second coming, the millennium, Jesus has some special words for his own people, uh, very personal, powerful words to each of us. And so this is all found in this commentary that I've just written. I use the word commentary loosely because that sounds as though it's going to be dull and theological. Actually, it does comment on Scripture, but, but it's very understandable. It's very down-to-earth. And we're calling this brand-new book here from Harvest Revelation, a book of promises, and I would love to send you a copy. It's hot off the press. It's brand new. We've never released this book before, and so I hope you'll get your own copy. And by the way, (laughs) this is a pretty good-sized book. Uh, It'll be a great addition to your library. It's something you can stand on when you need to reach a higher shelf. It'll hold a heavy door open as well. And so there's a lot of uses, but the best use, of course, would be to open it up and read it and get a better understanding of the important book of Revelation. Yeah, that's right. And we hope you'll contact us today to ask for Revelation, a book of promises. And by the way, Pastor Greg is including a custom-designed bookmark that shows the timeline of God's end times events graphically. It helps you see the order of events very clearly. It's all available for your gift of any size. 
Keep in mind that your support is the only way we can keep bringing you Pastor Greg's daily studies. So thank you for your generosity, and we hope to hear from you today. Just write a new beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call us anytime, night or day, at 1-800-821-3300. That's 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org. Are you receiving Pastor Greg's daily devotions each day via email? If not, let's take care of that right now. You can sign up today free of charge at harvest.org. And you'll receive a daily inspirational thought from God's Word each day in your inbox. Again, go to harvest.org. Hey everybody, Greg Laurie here, encouraging you to join us this weekend for what we call Harvest at Home. It's worship. It's a message from the Word of God. You can watch it with your family in your front room, or you can watch it on the go, on your tablet, on your phone, or your computer. Take it with you. Take the Word of God with you. And join us for Harvest at Home at harvest.org. Well, next time, good insight on the reaction in heaven when God's judgment of evil is finally complete. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. A New Beginning is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. If this show has impacted your life, share your story, leave a review on your favorite podcast app, and help others find hope.